Welcome to the Obstructed View podcast. Afternoon, Paul. How are you? Yeah, mate. I'm all okay, thank you. We uh, went to the game last night at Goodison v Palace, so nice to get a little bit of positivity. But um, generally, um, a bit off it, to be fair. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about all that, but... Uh, yeah, so obviously first things first, the big news, it was like deja vu, here we go again sort of thing, uh, but it is yeah. something that we talked about, what, three or four weeks ago, that it was coming up, that we'd, we'd talk about it when it happens, if it does happen and it has happened, so yeah, on Monday, this Monday the 15th, uh, January, Everton and Forest, obviously it's not just Everton this time, uh, are referred uh, for breaching profit and sustainability rules, uh, so what's your first initial take on that? Yeah, so um, I think we said a few weeks ago that this was coming up this day. Um, yeah. and I think we thought maybe Everton were going to be all right, um, get just get under it. Um, but obviously, it's not. They've not managed to do that. Um, obviously, for Everton's side of it, it's got a lot to do with the, the years we've already been punished for. So, like, it's not a surprise because it's a three-year period. So one pe- one year has come off that, and another year's gone on. So it's still largely the same period of time. Yeah. So. It's not that surprising. Uh, however, it's it's bad news to be fair. Um, I don't know really. I think everyone's taking it a little bit differently. I think people are a little bit more downbeat this time because um, we've obviously got the appeal. We don't know what's happening with that, and then you, you could be getting another points deduction or fine or sanction after that as well. So there's no light at the end of the tunnel at the minute, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's not. I think this is a lot harder to take because obviously the ten points was a big shock and big uproar. You, you might get that bit taken off that, but it's like. What will it even matter if you get another bloody five or ten points? We don't know where it's going to be, uh, and there's no there's no news about how much over this because we knew how much obviously Everton were over last time, didn't we? But we don't know how much they've not disclosed any details to my yeah, knowledge. Yeah, so we're actually like now this is like when Everton were referred in March last year, so this is the point where Everton have basically been told you've breached. Everton will know Premier League will know obviously yeah. what the issues are, but we won't find out. Same with Nottingham Forest. We won't find out the details until they have the independent commission, which will be in uh, probably after February. But we'll go through the timeline of it all in a bit. But um, we'll find out more details as it goes along, basically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and is there any sort of difference between you and Forest that we know at the moment in the in the breaches? Or yeah. You know? So. What we- pretty much guess game a little bit because you don't know exactly what the reason is Everton have been breached for but we know in Nottingham Forest that they have spent the money on the players so yeah it's pretty um, obvious that weren't it yeah yeah they've spent 200 odd million on players in one season and they stayed up didn't they so first two years yeah they first two years of their calculation are still in the championship and the third year they're in the Premier League and they spend all that money you know uh, 20 odd players was it 25 players they signed yeah so with Forest, um, what they what they did is they spent the money and they kept it all in the bank. Uh, they kept all the players and the twenty five players. And then what they, they attempted to do was sell Brennan Johnson before the first of July. So they'd had the season, they stayed up, and then they tried to sell Brennan Johnson before the new season started. And the new season started technically on July the first, but um, the only people offering were Brentford, offering thirty million for Brennan Johnson. And I don't think Brennan Johnson was keen on going to uh, Brentford. So what they're saying is, Forest fans are saying, oh, it's unfair because um, 
we we held out a few extra weeks and got 10 million more from Spurs. That's Forrest's fans' argument. But realistically, they had Johnson and they had all them players all season, stayed up, and then they tried to sell him to get the figures right before the new season started, but they couldn't do it. So Yeah. When it like even I know he didn't pay a fee, but even like Jesse Lingard on crazy wages and stuff like that, I can imagine a lot of the signings that they made on yeah. crazy wages for probably what time for the players that they were as well. Profit and sustainability is not just transfer fees; it's, it's everything. Every, it's it's all, all your spending. all your outgoings, isn't it? Really, uh, on wages, a, on football, uh, and outgoings. So I think their yeah, Forest fans are kind of saying, "Oh, it's a bit unfair this because of that." But realistically, they had the benefit of that team all season, stayed up with that team, and then tried to sort of dodge it at the end, really, yeah. in that season. They, they, so. they spent loads on like Morgan Gibbs-White as well and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, we aren't signing players like him and one or two others. They wouldn't have stayed up, so then they would have, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, it's a gamble. It paid off in a way, but sometimes we a gamble. Even if it pays off, there's, there's a punishment down the line, isn't there? And that's what happens. Well, a lot of the talk with Everton had been over the like, last two or three years was that all other clubs were unhappy with Everton and Everton should be charged and deducted points and relegated instead of them. The commission said, and the net spend on, on players and everything. Everton haven't really spent anything. No, they've no, spent nothing hardly. It's been freeze, hasn't it? Really, let's be honest. And even and if, but, you, and if you bought someone, it's because then you've you've sold someone. Like when you sold Luca Dean, and you know what I mean, and got yeah. got someone else God, in, and you get someone else after Charles. it. Exactly, you've, you've sold, and then you've only got someone on transfer fee on a minimal fee because you've sold someone for X amount before that. Yeah, so the season where we um uh have been so the, the season which has come into this now, the extra season, which is. Uh, 22-23, Forrest's first season in the Premier League. Everton were net spend plus 45 million. Everton were up 45 million. Yeah. And I think Forrest spent 200 million on players. So they were like, you know, 100 million under, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So um, the difference with Everton's is essentially it has to just be finances outside of uh, player trading. So it probably is the stadium. It's probably servicing debts. Um, yeah, paying for things, normal bills, a bit like what's happening with Sheffield Wednesday. The, the chairman struggling to pay month to month owner. I think it's probably that kind of stuff with Everton. They've got loans and debts, and they're paying them off, and the back, um, that's probably ours. Yeah, background football payments that fans don't really see or know about too much. Like people like us don't. Don't we don't run a football no. club? We don't know all the ins and outs of everything you got to pay for, do we? Exactly. But stadium, yeah, massively. I think is is I think that a lot of Everton fans are saying that. Um, so yeah, you've mentioned time scale. So do we have any sort of time scale on when we'll hear more in terms of the independent and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. So it. I say it's timeline, it's a bit more like a kind of what's happened when really, to be fair. So March 23, so this was last year, Everton were referred for breaching uh, profit and sustainability rules. And that was um, breach one, which we found about in November. Um, the Premier League pushed for a points deduction within last season for Everton. But um, Everton argued and the commission agreed that that wasn't, it wasn't possible, it wasn't fair. Everton wouldn't have time to defend themselves and, you know, other things. So the Premier League actually wanted Everton, essentially, to have the deduction last season. Um, and then we find out in November 23, after the independent commission, so essentially like the trial, where Everton get to defend themselves and um, the independent commission decide whether we're guilty or not, was in October. And then in November 23, we found out Everton had been deducted 10 points Um so that was that was November. That was the big shock for everyone. 
Um, and then we, we fast forward now to now where we are now, January 24. Everton are now referred for a second breach of profit and sustainability rules. And in, in England, it's profit and sustainability rules. Um, FFP is a uh, UEFA thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, like, in January, there was obviously two clubs referred for breaching the rules, Everton and Nottingham Forest. We don't actually have any details about um, why each club has been referred, but it goes to the, through the same process. So Everton were referred in March, trial was in October. So now Everton have been referred in January and the trial will be later this year. And it has to be done within the end of the season because they're saying that um, they want these things doing quicker. And that's that's essentially the argument about Man City. It's taken years, isn't it? Yeah. So February 24, Everton should find out about the appeal from Breach 1. Um that and... needs to be a deduction, doesn't it now? That needs to be. As in well, as in as in a, like deduct the deduction, if you know what I mean. Deduct the deduction. Yeah. Seven so essentially have to get points back there. Yeah, they have um, to. They've appointed some big lawyers and things like that to, to go through that in February. And Everton, both Everton and Nottingham Forest are not going to want the um second commission or Forest's first commission until after um Everton's appeals gone through because uh, Everton's first commission was based on Sheffield Wednesday's points deduction. So that's they were using that as a reference. So Everton's second breach, or Forrest's first breach, will be based on Everton's uh, appeal and uh, commission last year, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Everton are the first Premier League example they can go off, really. So then neither Forrest or Everton are going to agree to this commission. Um until Everton have had their appeal in February, it should come through. Um, the breach. The, the thing with Everton's problem is is that essentially we 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 are being um, looked at for the same period of time. So Everton are looking at two of the three years that we've been breached for the second time. We've already been punished for. So a lot of Everton fans are saying, "How can we be punished for that again?" Um, but. We don't know what's in that third year. Do you know what I mean? That third year could be worse than the other two years, for all we know. Yeah, and that's the difficult thing. We are all, to be fair, it's the not, um, it's the not knowing, isn't it? What's uh, what yeah. is what is exactly is it for? Is it for exactly the same when you've got a bit of chance? Well, a bit of reason to go. What's going on? It's the same stuff, or is it because we're completely different? And you're going, oh God, what what have they done? What have they done now? Sort of thing. Have we done something desperate in that third year yeah. to pay for a stadium or pay for something to do with that? Um, this is after the wars and everything in Ukraine. Um, one thing's important to mention, um, we were expecting Wolves and Forest to be charged in January, not Everton, really. Um, and Wolves somehow must have scraped through. And all we've heard on that really is that Wolves had some good accounting practices. <laughs> so they were, must have been very close to, to breaching as well, Wolves. So we don't know whether they're maybe next time or whatever. Wolves might be another one to look at. Um, Newcastle, Man United, Aston Villa are all at the moment complaining that because of these rules, FFP, PSR rules, they can't sign players. Yeah, they're one in, one out, aren't they, Newcastle? They've said they've got to sell before yeah, both, they can buy. Yeah, Both Newcastle and Villa have said that yeah. because obviously they're kind of trying to break into the top six. They're both complaining this month that they can't sell, they can't buy players without selling one. 
Um, and Man United obviously in a bit of a mess just generally, but I don't think Man United could. <laughs> Oh, they get enough. They get enough money coming in. Do you know what I mean to still spend a bit of money? But I know this. They, they, the reason why they didn't get a striker in summer, I know they got Hoyland, but as in they didn't get like um, they didn't go for Kane oh, or anything like that because they couldn't really afford it. Could they to even go for him? Well, I suppose the argument is really for football is do these rules stop the Premier League being what it's been for the last thirty years and signing best players from all over Europe? Yeah, it, it probably it maybe will do. You know. Um, the, the funny thing about the timeline, and we're still going through it, is so Everton and Forest are going to have to have their trials, essentially, the commission. Between Everton's appeal and the end of the season, they're both separate. They've got to be, Both the clubs and the Premier League and the uh, people involved in the trial have got to, got to be available. It's got to be done before the end of the season, and the appeal process for both Everton and Forest could leave the Premier League relegation undecided for weeks after the season's ended. That's the sticky point for me. That's where it all gets messy, doesn't it? Because... Do you know what I mean? So if they say, for example, you get deducted five points, Forest do, and one of you go down because of that, all right? Yeah. And then they, you appeal it. So the, the club that's gone down obviously is going to appeal it. And they go, oh, yeah, do you know what? The, the appeal is your five back. And that would have kept them up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And that's just, and then the club thinks they stayed up and the club, and they, what to do, swap them around again. It's just absolute mess. That's what it creates. Um, let's, let, let's, for argument's say Everton and, Re- and Forest are both relegated with six points yeah. underneath, I don't know, Luton Town. And Everton are given back five points, so they're still relegated. And Forest are given back six points, I don't know, let's say, after the season's finished, this is. Imagine that. So Luton will get relegated. Everton will go down, like it looks like perhaps they wanted them to. And Forest just about stay up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Could be a mess, couldn't it, come in that season, that. It's crazy, really. Um, I, I don't know whether there's a way to make sure that, that it's within the season or could they perhaps delay the end of the season so it's, you know, them teams don't play or I don't Is there don't any know. way of it being... A, so if you if either team's found guilty, is the either way of it not being a points deduction or is it definitely a points deduction? Whether that be big, no. big or small? No, so um, the independent commission, the three people that they appoint, well, one will be like a barrister and two others. Um Football experience, whatever FA, um, they decide what the punishment is. So it doesn't so have to, might be, say it has with, to be points, then, yeah. No, they might say with Everton's case, look, you, you've breached, but most of that you've already been punished for. Um, it's just a transfer ban in summer. Yeah, slap on the wrist. Sort of thing. So it's them who decide. However, for Everton, in a way, uh, a transfer ban in summer would be almost like another. Probably like a relegation in a way because you're already um, sure, aren't you? <laughs> we talk about it every week, don't we? Three or four players are on loan, yeah. so they'd go back. We'd have no players next season, so in some ways, Everton might be hoping for a two-point deduction. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, best thing that could happen, <laughs> it's obviously in hindsight, end of season, is if you did get a very small points deduction and you still stayed up, and then it's all done, pretty much done, yeah. then in it, and then you can get on with it next season a little bit. But yeah, that's. But then you don't want a deduction in case that sends you down. But it's one of those, you don't even know at the end of the season what's the right thing that you've been given if you found I guilty. Think, I think you'd have to think it's probably more likely to be a fine because in Everton's case, they said they gave a points deduction because the fines don't affect these don't affect these owners. Mm. So you'd have to think it for both Everton and Nottingham Forest, it's at least going to be either a points deduction or a transfer ban because they're the two things what affect clubs. Do you know what I mean? Um, finding owners, they're probably not bothered. They're apparently not bothered. Um, 
So, yeah, that's where we're up to with it, really. So, it all really hinges at the minute for both Everton and Nottingham Forest on Everton's appeal, really, at the minute. Yeah, it's all a bit of, um, oh, not another one, sort of thinking it every time. Um, but we'll hopefully we'll ever hear the end to it. It'll be ongoing forever. Actually, just um, touching on, you said about owners, it's something that I saw yesterday. Were the, um, the new ownership in town yesterday? Well, it's funny, Miss, because... Um, Richard Masters was at the Premier League this is the um, chief executive of the Premier League and uh, Rick Parry the chief executive of the EFL yeah. were in uh, Westminster ahead of a government um, committee about the, all this stuff basically um, both Premier League and Football League were all in there and they got asked about Everton's um, takeover bid at the minute because these people look really shady 777 partners yeah. and he basically said oh at the minute, it's not going through. We've not had enough stuff from these people. The day after, there's about 20 of them at Goodison Park, <laughs> front row seats, all sat there. So, one minute we're thinking to ourselves, well, that's not going to happen, thank God. <laughs> Next minute, they're all at the ground and they're all there. So, I don't know. I'm guessing they're probably still hoping it'll go through. Um but it looks like it's weeks away, apparently. So Everton will kind of open them, maybe get some money in and sign some players in January. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, they were there yesterday at Goodison Park, yeah, all smiling and laughing and looked happy and, and everything else. So. <laughs> and uh, on to transfers before we talk about the game. There's no transfer rumours? No. <laughs> none. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll bypass that one for I, now, then. I don't think Everton... Well, actually, what's been said by Nottingham Forest, I don't know if Everton the same. Everton, Nottingham Forest are going to try and sell players. Now, so I'm guessing that's because they don't want to end up with another one next season. If, they, you know stay, I mean? if they stay up, they don't want another point deduction but sort of thing. Yeah, they're probably going to be looking at maybe making sure they're not in the same position again. Yeah, so Everton might be along those lines also. And um, the other thing to mention just before we go off this is uh, all these rules have been changed in August. So Everton, Forest, and uh, maybe Man City will have to come under these old rules. I think might be the only three clubs that are ever put under these rules um, because they go into new rules in August all the basically they're admitting these rules are a bit of a shambles um, they're all being changed in August the profit and sustainability rules uh, the Premier League are going towards UEFA's model a little bit more um, and under those new rules Everton would not have breached any of them <laughs> mm. I've always said um, from a yeah, EFL perspective I know it's only just come more in Premier League with you guys and Forest but the FFP rules were made a long time ago. Well, not like ancient times ago, but you know what I mean? They've been out for a while now and they've never, ever been been updated or changed to go yeah. with the times and, and money and football and that sort of stuff. So like on an EFL's perspective, it's 30 million over three years, but that was the same 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't get how we, yeah. how we even, how can we still be the same and the rules be the same 10 years later when football's dramatically changed even in a short space of time. But that's always been a thing I've said for Inflation years. Inflation and, and all that, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh. Transfer fees at Championship have probably quadrupled in 10 years for, for an average player. Do you know what I mean? And wages and stuff. This is nuts. Same in Premier League, exactly the same. So, yeah. on to on-field things then. A um, couple of games yeah. to talk about. First one, Sunday. Two o'clock, uh, home, home a game against Villa, against the Villa team that are before Saturday were second, I think the third now, aren't they, after City winning. Um, yeah. So, team news then, what, what, what were your thoughts about the team and, and just going into the game? Yeah, like we'll always talk about with Everton, is we are struggling for players generally. Um, so, the, the player missing on against Aston Villa was Dwight McNeil. He'd got injured at Crystal Palace in the FA Cup game. 
we thought he'd maybe like done his uh, cruise shirts or something like that, the way he'd gone over on his ankle. Um, but he, he did actually come back in the FA Cup um, last night, so that's a good sign. Um, but he didn't play. Uh, he wasn't in the squad, I don't think. Uh, so Arnett Danjuma came in for him, and he played um, He played on the right-hand side. Um, Harrison went to the left kind of thing. Um, well, no, I think Danjuma went left, actually. I can't remember exactly, but um, Danjuma... Um, he's one of these flattering to deceive players, and it's quite it's quite funny actually because he's on loan from Villarreal. He'd put in Jan- um, early January, put a picture of himself on a plane. I saw that. Apparently, Even I saw that. He's yeah, he's on top. Yeah. He's in talks to go to Leon apparently, but Everton um, would have to agree to it. You know, um, terminate the loan. Playing, but, yeah, terminate the loan. Yeah, but Everton have played have paid for him till January. So Sean Dyche got asked in the um, Sean Dyche got asked in the press conference. You know, why is he on a plane? So Sean Dyke made a joke and he goes, Oh, I've been telling him it's ridiculous to be flying from Manchester to Finch Farm in Liverpool for training. <laughs> and Sean Dyke was like joking. And all media like picked it up like I think it was like the star and sun and that saying, Everton winger flies to home games. <laughs> <laughs> he was just joking. Just joking. <laughs> anyway, he played and he was crap. So yeah. Um, the only real moment in the whole game. Um, the, the, like the team, the team, the team picks itself. Like you'll you'll know Griff now, and all Everton fans that listening will know. Like that it just picks itself. Long, the only really long as the fit, it's the same team. <laughs> yeah, so you've got Pickford, Tarkovsky, Branthwaite. They're going to play every game. Mikalenko at left back is going to play every game. Whether you play Coleman, Patterson, or Young at right back doesn't really matter. Um, then the midfield: Decore, Anana, Garner. And Adrissa Gay was actually, he's not playing at the minute because he's at AFCON, yep. um, African Nations. So, yeah, and Calvert-Lewin starts up front, really, you know. So, it pretty much is just what we, whatever we've got fit. Um, yeah, and into the game, like, there was, it was a pretty boring game. Like, Aston Villa are, are a really good team, you know. You can see their quality. Like, there's not often when you watch a game at, at Everton at Goodison Park, you think, oh, these are decent. Most teams, you kind of think, oh, we can beat these. But I think Everton fans probably felt a lot like... Uh, yeah, these are a lot better than us. Um, but Everton had the best chance of the first half, and it was actually the, uh, Dan Juma who puts Calvert-Lewin through one-on-one with uh, Martinez. And he's got all the time in the world, Calvert-Lewin, middle of the goal, pick your corner, and uh, he just hits it straight at Martinez. Unbelievable. Yeah. In, in them games, biggest chance, you've got to score. Biggest chance for you, really, one even, even in second half. A couple of chances in second half. But I actually didn't see the first half, but I saw the second half, um, yeah. all the second half. But I've I seen the highlights of that chance, and that's definitely the best chance for you guys, isn't it, really? He's, he's lacking confidence, Lewin, like, and um, it was there a bit last night as well. But um, he's a player that we need firing um, to win games, really. Um, the other thing was the um, Alex Moreno... VAR disallowed a goal. Um, so Aston Villa take a short corner. They're playing around with it on edge of box and they cut it back to Moreno, who's just on edge at D. And he takes one touch and he slams it bottom corner from edge of box. Great finish, to be fair. Um, but VAR took about three or four minutes to decide it was offside. Um, and it was offside, even though the Everton player that was keeping maybe keeping the winger onside had been fouled in the middle of the box, but they didn't seem to care about that. So there were probably three or four reasons they could have disallowed it, but they still took three or four minutes to disallow yeah, it. Took ages, but you finally got one. You finally got a decision. Yeah. You've still not got a penalty yet. Um, both our teams have no. got a penalty yet, so that's, that's always good, isn't it? Not seeing a penalty season. Well, 
it's quite funny actually because I keep seeing like the football league thing that's like, got to that low. It's like the, all the clubs in the football league that haven't been given a, you know, so it's, a so it's six or something like that, six or seven. There's about six clubs, yeah, and Everton and Sheffield Wednesday are like the top two because of the Premier League and Championship. Yeah, <laughs> yes. haven't got a penalty season given for them, obviously being given against us. In fact, we think, think even Wednesday have given nine against against not one four. I think you've, you've given a few away, yeah. haven't you, as well? We're top um, of the Premier League for given against, yeah. <laughs> I think we're top of the Championship. So, yeah, great great look in the box at Pens this season. <laughs> uh, cool, half-time, nil-nil then. I mean, the game finished nil-nil, but half-time, nil-nil... You probably took that way without the chance, but before the game, I think nil nil at home with second half to go was decent against Villa. The only thing I would say about Villa is they've been brilliant at home, but they have seemed to drop a few points away, bit, haven't they? To be fair, a bit worse away, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it was a game that Everton minded a point from. Mm. Um, the one actually good save, I think it was James Garner made, and Martinez make a good save, and he tips it around post it first half as well. That was quite a good, uh, good effort, but. Yeah, half time. I think Everton fans are pretty content at nil nil at home. Anyway, you always think you you're going to do better towards your sort of main end and all that, don't you? But yeah, yeah. As a result, it weren't bad nil nil anyway. To be fair, there weren't any sort of really big moments or anything really. Um, James Tarkovsky with a few tackles and things like that. But it, yeah. yeah, there were a few like uh, supposed. To, I mean, I said I watched full second half, and I, there were a few like. 50-50 moments Villa hit box in that begin shot that looked a lot closer than what it actually was and all that sort of stuff but overall I thought Everton defended pretty well they didn't offer too yeah. much going forward Beto come on didn't he for Calvert-Lewin 60 odd minutes but that sub happens every it, game it, it, it felt like when I was watching it when I wrote Newcastle game with you when I know Everton played really well that game but the first goal came out of nothing it felt like if Everton were yeah. going to score, it would have to be something where Villa make a mistake and on the break, Everton snatch a goal and, and there, there you go, game's done. But if, if anyone looked like they were going to score properly with Villa, but they didn't really have many chances at the same time, really, did they? Yeah, so if we go through the Villa chances, really, the, the main one was Matty Cash. I think the ball drops from him in box and he has a, a strike. Um, it's within the box and Mikolenko with a, gr- a brilliant block. Yeah. Um, and it spills back to John McGinn then, who has a probably should do better, but he has a shot on target as well. I think Coleman knocks that away. Um, and there were a few like balls across the box. I think Villa try and get it out wide and cut the ball back, don't they? There was a couple of them. Mm. They, they brought that fella on Duran, is it, at the end? And, yeah. Um, they, they fired one across and he just got a touch on it and it just fired past the post. Yeah, that, and I think your point's quite important, actually, what you made there about Everton is if they're winning or in a game, the kind of that first 15, 20 minutes of second half seemed to sort of just allow the team who was coming to ever sort of have all this possession and they seemed to have two or three chances which Villa and Newcastle didn't take did they? No. And then after that Everton go and score and it's Everton win 3-0 against Newcastle but yeah. with Aston Villa we'd never really look like scoring really to be honest after that. I thought that Newcastle really... actually had better chances than Villa. When we think about the Gordon chance and a couple of other chances, and they, they missed every one of them, or straight at keeper. Whereas Villa, I think, played better than Newcastle with the ball, but didn't really carve you open as easy as what Newcastle did in that early second half, to be fair. Yeah. I, I would say I think Villa are probably better than Newcastle from what yeah. I've seen. In yeah. the first, I've seen the absolute amateurs at Villa Park went to that, and then um, that game there last week, and they do look like a bit of. A bit of something special, actually, to be fair. Maybe if they did have that big centre-forward or a player like maybe that Eze at Crystal Palace, if they could get older in or someone like that, they might be a, a, a that big number ten. That number yeah. 10. I know they've got a couple of decent players in, in around midfield, but 
the good players, but are they are they top four? Do you know what I mean? That number ten that you can have that's going to open up all time every week, and even, even like even like it, even like a James Madison. Do you know what I mean? Someone yeah. like that. If they had someone like him, they'd go on another level, I think. But now a good manager as well. To be fair, um, yeah. class. Yeah, Unai Emery is a good manager. Uh, be you happy with the point? I guess you would be after yeah, every, think, Burnley um, and Luton got a draw, didn't they? Drew Friday night, so had to at least get battered, something out of it. Bruised and battered team, you know. Um, players missing Afcon, good like the well. field, probably our most creative player. Other players are probably playing when, and if they were played for a bigger team or whatever, they wouldn't be on bench. But with the fitness and things, but yeah, um, tough team. What Villa third in league? Yeah, you got to take it and run at you sometimes. <clears throat> yep, for sure. So it takes us on to last night's game. Yeah. You obviously went you went to last night, sat on a different stand I've seen. Um, not your usual seat. Um, so, in fact, first thing I want to talk about is what was the pre-game atmosphere like or even early stage of the game after, obviously, the charges come Monday. So the first game since, really, isn't it? Yeah, so I think I put on the uh, account. Um, put smart on, didn't I? Um, I don't know. It was strange, actually, because I went with my dad and my dad done... He's 84, 83, 84 years old, but when he goes to a football match, Everton especially, he wants to do absolutely everything like a child would want to do, you know what I mean? So he wants to go to like, watch the players arrive off the bus and watch the warm-up and, you know, like, he wants to do everything. So I, I sort of saw a different a different sort of element. When I go to a match generally, I either get there 10 minutes before and have a pint or I go to the pub for an hour before, you know, yeah. and walk in while Zed cars is coming on kind of thing. So I saw a bit of a different... Um, a different sort of way of looking at the match, I suppose, in a, in a way, maybe like what you would do when you were younger. But um, it it just felt like there was sort of a bit of a downbeat atmosphere to me a little bit. I mean, Crystal Palace at home in the cup is not like one to get pretty in a re- in a, re- in a replay as well. It's one of those do do either teams or fans want it? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think I put this on the Obstructed View podcast Twitter. Uh, the FA Cup still means so much to Evertonians, but tonight felt a little insignificant. Truth be told, the club has its head elsewhere right now. That said, perhaps Everton can dig deeper with this squad and a couple of players who wouldn't normally play played quite well. So, yeah, I do think there was probably an extra element of despondency maybe about the place, definitely. To yeah, I can imagine it was. To be, as I said, I expected it. I weren't there, obviously, but I expected it to be like that. So, team news. A um, couple of changes, obviously, which is not, yeah. not a bad thing. So, keep a change. You said yeah. McNeil come back in. and uh, I know, obviously, Gomez uh, played. He had to play because we'll talk about the free kick in a bit. Uh, but still, the back same back centre-backs because you've not really got any of us <laughs> to bang no. into. I know Michael Keane went on bench and stuff like that, but clearly he's trying to stick with partnership, I, I guess, in that one. But, what, what, I mean, I suppose it didn't really matter, but what did you what did you think about the team, anyway? Yeah, so uh, the goalkeeper, Virginia, came in for Pickford. So, before, so, at the beginning of the season in the League Cup, Pickford had played every League Cup game and he'd not put the second keeper in. You know, a lot of the Premier League clubs will put the second keeper in yeah. for the Cup game. Um, so even at like Doncaster away in a few of the early League Cup games, Pickford was in net. But uh, this Virginia was put in uh, Palace in the first in the first leg of this replay essentially, and, and he played really well. Um, and I think he actually said after the game, I'd, "I'd love to play at Goodison." So I think Dyche essentially has rewarded him for the first performance and said, "Yeah, go on, go on, son, have a go." Pickford has a bit of a rest, and he won man at match. <laughs> Funny enough, the the goalkeeper, Joe Virginia. Yeah, so the other changes to the team were 
Coleman and Decore were ruled out with, I think they've got slight hamstring injuries. So I think Everton are hoping they'll be back in a few weeks, but um, they were left out of the squad. Patterson right back and Andre Gomez kind of changed and became the Decore of the team, like this sort of one behind the striker almost. And it was good to see Dwight McNeil back in the in the team. I don't think he was 100%, to be honest. Because, do you know when um, you know a player's got a bit of a knock later in a game and they kind of don't chase back after players or whatever when they're running back towards it? There were quite a few instances of that with McNeil. Because he's, yeah, he's quite an industrious player, but I think he were maybe he maybe weren't, weren't doing what he normally would do in a lot of the circumstances, especially at running. So I think maybe he's probably not quite right, but... It must be um, must be okay to play because Dash won't play a player if he's got a risk of furthering an injury. That's happened with Lewin a few times. So he didn't bring him off, did he? No, he stayed for full game. I was quite surprised with Crystal Palace. They put a full team out, um, and they play Arsenal on Saturday. And Hodge should have like talked like he weren't going to put a full team out, but they pretty much did. I, I mean, I'm not an expert on Crystal Palace, but um, Eze, Schlup, Hughes, Edward, Lerma, you know this gay. Anderson all played, so I'll quite Mitchell, surprised. Mitchell as well played, yeah. Mitchell, fullback, Klein. Um, pretty much full team from them, really. <laughs> yeah, I saw the team and I, I was a bit surprised that. I, I knew, I know there were changes for Everton, but it's never going to be too many because you just can't do it, really, can you? But I was surprised no. that, um, yeah, even keeper, because they still kept um, Johnston in there as well, didn't they? They got Dean Henderson on bench. I thought they'd give Henderson a run out. But, well, yeah. Henderson played in the first leg at home and then yeah. he put Johnston in for this one. It's a bit strange. Yeah, but Johnston's been the keeper, yeah. hasn't he, this year? Main for for yeah. him, yeah, he's been number one for him. Yeah, strange, really. So, what what do you want to talk about the game then? Do you want anything before the free kick or is it just straight into the free kick that we're going? Um, there weren't massive amounts what happened. Um, let's think about now. So, Calvert-Lewin had a ball sort of played into the box, right-hand side of the box, and he he makes the keeper work. Good save from Johnson. And then Palace probably have, I think, two or three chances. Eze had a shot from the edge of the box. And what I'll say about Palace is with Eze... He does look like a different level player. Yeah, do you know in a poor side, you generally tend uh, tend to recognise like a good player, um, and he, I think he'll be off. Like to be fair, Summer. he does look a bit. Yeah, it's one of those. Like a... He went when he were at QPR. He were too good for that team. So Palace come, he's got he found his feet after a season or so. He looks too good. So it's just like the next move up after you know that little jump every time in it. But I don't know who it actually be interesting to see if he, who he goes to, but I think he's off it some it's too good for them. Yeah. So um and then after that really it was the free kick. Um Palace did have two or three chances, but they never really sort of look like they're gonna score either, if that makes sense. Sort of shots from the outside the box and, and crosses in and things. One went up at bar. Um and it was about thirty yards out, wasn't it? Gomez we didn't, we didn't really know people around because I've, I was sat in a different area, like what you said, and didn't don't really know, so I don't want to speak to anyone. But I was listening to what people were saying, and they were like, didn't know who was going to take free kick because we don't really know who's going to take Everton's free kicks. <laughs> 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 there was no real free kick taker, and uh, Gomez hadn't really been playing. Um, it's just come back in the last few weeks, really. Um, and yeah, he steps up, and what a beauty! What a beauty! I know one of those that just. You're there, whether you're watching it on TV or at the game, you go, bloody hell, that was, that was all right, wasn't it? You just don't, it comes out of nowhere as well, doesn't it? Like, you just don't expect it. Quite far out. Yeah, it was about 30 yards out. It must have been 30 yards yeah. out. And it's, I think it's almost perfection because it just clips the inside of post as well. Yeah, it does. And that's when keeper can't save them, can they? <laughs> yeah, you, you know it's a good goal when 
you're not even watching game, and all you see on Twitter is bloody BBC or random football accounts retweeting it or putting videos on and stuff like that. So you know it's been a good goal when when that happens. To be fair, but um, how did Gomez play in general? Did he have a good game? Because he played all right that first game back, didn't he? And then yeah, was... I think what it is with him, he he, he um he had that injury, didn't he? So we we signed him from Barcelona on loan, and everyone was begging for us to sign him, yeah. permanent, sign him permanent. And then it was that challenge with Son Hyung Min, and he broke his leg. Um, and after that, he's never looked the same. So last season, he went out to Lille on loan in France. And I think he regained himself a little bit as a player. Um, slightly different player to what we had before, but he's still got that like technical ability, like you said, from free kick. But like what Arteta had in the way, with corners and free kicks and stuff like that. But I think he was happy playing in France, you know, the level and, and everything like that. So I think maybe he perhaps doubted himself a little bit, but... Everton didn't have that option to sell him. I think Everton would have liked to have sold him because his wages are pretty high. I think it's like 120 grand a week or something like that. You think he's just going to go... So when is he out of contract? Is he, he's got this... I think it's next summer, yeah. So you think but, you feel like he's, his only chance is going away is when he's out of contract? I think he'll probably leave, but he probably wanted to leave. I think Everton probably would have, would have liked to get... But I don't think Everton could get the other players in because we haven't got enough players in the squad, so we had to stay... And it looks like now he might actually become an important player, you know, especially with other players away at AFCON and stuff like that. His corners were good into boxes, deliveries, a little bit of quality in midfield on ball. Like we've got James Garner and um, who else was in midfield yesterday? Garner and I can't remember who's playing now. Since midfield, we got Anana, wasn't it yesterday? Anana. So I just feel a bit like with Anana, he he's kind of a combative midfielder. He's all over the place kind of thing, but he ain't really got that killer balling him do you know what I mean mm. Garner's very much a kind of um, a bit like him McTominay he'll do the simple stuff quite well um, and uh, every now and again he'll put an inside ball or something but I think with Gomez he's probably a player who can find a little bit of something special as well uh, maybe unlock a team so I think hopefully this is a sign of things to come for the next six months and he could he could play a big part in the team to be fair Gomez I think yeah, and then obviously, yeah, great goal in fairness. But going in second half, anything of note? Obviously, I didn't, I didn't watch it to be fair. I'm, I just want to be honest. This game was pretty awful. Like, it, <laughs> it, the whole game was pretty crap. It, like, I don't think I felt really sorry. It's like there was five hundred Crystal Palace fans there, <laughs> and they come on like three coaches and whatever. And I felt sorry for them. Normally, you think oh, there's not brought many. I've just felt sorry for them. I just thought, oh, fucking hell, you've got to go back five hours after watching all this. Even if they won, I would have felt sorry for them. Yeah, um, stats were pretty even. As well, overall, yeah. The the, the, the interesting thing I will probably say, which surprised everybody in the ground and gave Everton a bit of a lift. I think it was about the 60th minute. Um, Hodgson takes off all Palace's best players, they're losing one minute. <laughs> Go fuck it, <laughs> Go forget but, it. <laughs> yeah. He literally went, fuck it, honestly. He, he took off, look, 64th minute, took off Mitchell, Klein, Eze, and on the 70th minute, Edward and Lerma. All off within about five minutes, and that were it. The, the, the half of players on pitch for Palace, and I didn't even know who they were, and they didn't look like after that. They were, I think, gay. Um, I, I saw him, and when he took him off, he, he turned around and like looked towards us. So, like, we were the opposite side to bench, and he went, For fuck's sake, <laughs> <laughs> he was taking all players off, and he was still on pitch. So, I think he, was, he gave up how Hodgson really. Um, they did. They did Virginia, um, what I should go back to really, he made three or four really good saves in goal, the young lad. Um, and, then, and and he was given a man at match. So that was quite pleasing as well as Gomez because obviously 
in the Premier League, having a good goalkeeper is a massive thing. It's huge. So we've got Pickford, who's probably one of the top six or seven goalies in Premier League, I would still say. And to have the, the concern there a lot of the times, if he gets injured, um, what we've got. It looks like we've at least got somebody there behind him who could come in. Because he had a loan spell at Reading a few years ago when he was absolutely awful, Virginia. Yeah. I think it was a bit too much for him too early. So, yeah, it's, it's positive that, definitely. Lewin had a few chances. He just doesn't seem to be... He's not firing at the minute. He's got a confidence issue. I don't know how we can get him back. Because <laughs> he's important, isn't he? He's important to get, to get your points. But, yeah, I think positives-wise through to the next round is it Luton I think it's your next next game isn't it there's no game this weekend so got a little bit of a break get players back fit McNeil back fit but where we are with everything that's going off it's just nice to get a win on board no matter the FA Cup bloody League Cup FA Trophy another another clean sheet a clean sheet I think it's seven out of last ten clean sheets and that's what you get with Dyche you might not commit too many men forward all the time but you're always quite strong at back and a lot of that's to do with Branthwaite and Tarkovsky. They are two good players, good centre-halves, to be fair. Um, I think um, Luton Town in the next round, because they just got past Bolton, Luton. Mm. So, um, that's our next game now, actually, strangely, because it's a, it's our, our weekend break this week from the Premier League. So, there's only about five, six games on it. Yeah, there? three or four. It's a couple of Saturday, a couple of Sunday. It'll be like last week, really. A couple each day, that's it. Yeah, so we play Luton Town at Goodison Park. It's our next game now in the FA Cup. So I suppose also it's a little bit an opportunity for Dyche to get some players back as well, like maybe rest a few again, play some similar kind of team. Um, if we go out, we go out. If not, we might get Wednesday again in the next round. You never know. Oh, we get another exciting draw. Hopefully it'll be more exciting, even regardless of which team goes through or not. I don't really care. Just that draw in general was crap, wasn't it? What a rubbish draw that we talked about it on when we did the live reaction. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's. I think it's the same for most fans. I don't want to take anything away from the FA Cup because I love it, but ultimately my team's never really going to have a chance in it, even if we have a little run, yeah. do you know what I mean? And you guys have what, had that one final really, and then a couple of semis, and, and, and that's that's really it. But it's a bit of money. You never know what you're going to get. It's, you, more, you more, like you said, you want to you want to get a ground you've never been to if you get through against Luton, don't you, or something like that, really. Or... I think that's quite important, what you said, actually, just there. Is for Everton, it probably is quite important to be getting this extra revenue in yeah. from match days, because let's say we get three or four extra games out of the FA Cup, let's say that happened, you know. It's probably quite important um, for a... Everton at the minute. Yeah, the prize money. I know the prize money for this round, with a third round, I suppose, was like 150, something like that. Yeah. Um, I know these. I know it's obviously then goes up. Um, I think fifth round winner is like a couple hundred, two two five or something like that. From what I remember, I don't know what the fourth round is, but I just know it was 150 for the third round winner. But 150 grand for Premier League teams not not a great deal, but it still it still goes goes a, goes a bit away, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? So. Well, especially if the club's struggling a little bit for money, it's the prize money, it's the gate receipts, it's the what people spend in ground. It, it, it's a positive in, in a bad time, I suppose, um, the, the further you go into it. And Daesh might be saying, well, I could do without these games, probably, um, in some way, relegation battle, because that's, you know, that's the bigger picture, isn't it? But, yeah, we've got Luton, and then back to the Premier League after that, Fulham away and Tottenham at home, so it doesn't get any easier. Unfortunately, mm. that's the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so Luton FA Cup. What's what's the game after that? Sorry, did you say? Fulham away. Fulham away. Tuesday, that right? was it. Yeah, two, straight after the Tuesday, and I think there's a round of um, the round of fixtures, or is it just you guys? Uh, 
Yeah, he's around the fixtures. Tuesday night fixtures, yeah. yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. Cool. Well, I think that's the funny thing about having winter break. Where you have a winter break and then you play two games in a week, which doesn't make sense. It's just like, right. so, instead, of, instead of just evenly spreading them out, just cram them all in instead. Yeah, so just... a winter, winter, winter break for Klopp and then we'll have three games yeah. in one week. Just so we can yeah. appease him and uh, stop him moaning. And what we're going to do is we're going to run a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the next few weeks because uh, and then Champions League comes back for those in top yeah. four and all that sort of stuff and all. Uh, but yeah, anything anything else you want to add to the to this episode? Yeah, but I'll probably just uh, to the end. It um, a lot of people, uh, the pundits and that, have been saying, "Oh, Goodison Park's going to be ferocious against Crystal Palace, and there's going to be protests." And it's, there, there was never going to be because it's the FA Cup for one thing. You know, Everton are not going to protest against the FA Cup or the FA at the minute. It's only against Premier League. So Everton's next big probably show of like uh, protests and things will be Tottenham third of February, I think. Um, just sort of. Put that out there because I've seen a lot, a lot of people on on the media, Carragher and a few others, are saying Everton, I broke the rules, this, that, the other, and they deserve this. Well, what they're, what they're not taking into account is that the, the rules got changed halfway through <laughs> the bloody process. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. A lot of people are talking a lot of crap at the minute. It's a bit frustrating, but other than that, I think we're done. Yeah, all good. So we'll probably talk about it after the Fulham game. I think next episode, a couple of games, leave it for unless I'm urgent. Um, drama stuff yeah, comes yeah, out. We should never know with Everton. We'll, we'll maybe do it. Probably try and do something for deadline day, maybe. Yeah. Maybe deadline day, and then we'll round up um, Everton, Luton, and Everton, Fulham. So, yeah. Thank- I mean, I don't know why we're doing anything for deadline day, but. <laughs> not for you. It'll be a generic deadline day. The football deadline day, not an Everton deadline day, because nothing will be happening. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, there won't be much yeah. happening with my team either, but it's, uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. All the best, mate. Yeah, okay, up the toffees. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please like, share and follow. See you soon.